This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to another edition of Love of the Star. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, the flagship home of your Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Brian Broaddus, former NFL uh, Super Bowl winning NFL scout and co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, uh, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7. Brian, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Robert. Thank you very much. Always uh, enjoy being with you. I say that a lot, and we've done a lot of podcasts uh, I, already. I, I, I take this the- uh, this uh, even for an off season. I, I could see why. Maybe we're taking advantage of nobody, everybody taking vacations and stuff like that. But no, I'm I'm excited. I, you know, because in a couple of weeks we'll, we're going to be in Oxnard, yep. and you and I are going to room together. I'm sure there'll be some nights talking about. Hey, what did you see? What do you think? Hey, I, I heard this from this guy. What is just so? I, I probably not. I don't think we're going to get very much sleep in Oxnard because there'll be a lot of content uh, going back and forth and and trying to get it out on these podcasts. And yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm really excited for it. And and I know you just said that uh, you know you feel like you're saying it a lot that you're happy to be uh, joining me, but. I, I got to say, that's good, because I, I know, Brian, you're not always happy to be joining everybody that you join. So that's a, that's a good thing. I'll take that, you know? No, I'm always, I, you know, it's <laughs> funny, Bob, you say that. It's it's like when, uh, if you listen to my uh, my show during the day, there's sometimes there's some people that make me pretty irritated, but <laughs> I do I do appreciate people that listen to my radio show. Sure. But I do appreciate the fans that take part of this, and I really it means a lot, you know, and we're we're doing our best to, you know, in an off season to to bring you content, to talk about some things, maybe get you a little bit of a better understanding of what we think going in. And then once we actually get on the practice fields, a lot of these things, a lot of these questions could be answered. And I, that's what I'm looking forward to the most things that we've talked about here the last several weeks. But then, you know, how true are they going into the season? And we'll be touching on a, a number of things here today uh, that, you know, involve training camp and questions heading into training camp. There's a lot of that in these questions today for the the final segment. Next segment, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of these guys that as much as we've talked about on the field, guys that need to grow and guys that need to progress. I think there are a few guys that it's absolutely critical that they progress off the field and in their maturation and as being professional football players and so we'll talk about that next segment. But we're going to talk a little more broadly right now because Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN uh, does this poll every year of NFL executives, coaches, and players. Uh, I believe it's 50 people that he talks to. And he gets a top 10 positional ranking. So he goes through the quarterbacks, the addresses, everything like that. So we're going to go through the list today until we find a cowboy. And so far, uh, I believe he still has tight ends, and uh, offensive tackles left to fill out. But otherwise, they've done every position. 
and we've gotten a cowboy at least in the top 10 or an honorable mention in every single position group except safety. Uh, so we'll cover everything except safety, tight end, and tackle to this point. The first group is the edge rushers, Brian, and I'll just run through the list until we get to a cowboy. The top 10 is TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Max Crosby at number five. That one hurts me personally. I was a big Max Crosby fan. Yeah, you were a Max back. Crosby fan. Uh, number six, Vaughn Miller. Number seven, Chandler Jones. Number eight, Brian Burns. Nine, Khalil Mack. Ten, Cameron Jordan. And then we get to the honorable mentions, which it's 11, Trey Hendrickson of the Bengals. 12, Chase Young of the Commanders. 13, Daniil Hunter of the Vikings. 14, Shaquille Baird of the Buccaneers. And then we get to a Cowboy. Number 15, Demarcus Lawrence, and I'll read the blurb about him real quick. Lawrence made back-to-back Pro Bowls in 2017-18, but his sack production stalled, and he missed much of last season due to injury. Uh, There was an NFL defensive coach who said, I watched him closely because we thought he could be a potential cap cut. They use him all over the place. He's kind of like Clowney was in Houston, all over, super dynamic. If he stays healthy, there's a ton of production left. Uh, Joker plays super hard, king on the chessboard. Brian, you think 15's about right for Demarcus Lawrence? Well, I think the problem you run into, Bobby, with that is that the coach or the evaluator mentioned the health. You know, that's going to be the biggest question. There, there's no um, – when you watch Tank Lawrence play, I've always said this about him. He's one of the most complete defensive ends you'll ever see. And when I mean complete, I'm talking about guys that play the run very well and guys that can rush the passer. And I think that he doesn't get nearly enough credit for that. Now, those years when he had the sacks, the sack numbers were uh, it were very high. You know, he could also play the run. And that's where I want to challenge the others that were listed ahead. How well are they? Are these most of these guys complete defensive ends? Are they just guys that rush the passer and get pressure and make money that way? I think the fact that Tank plays as a left defensive end tells you a lot about him because most NFL teams are right-handed when they run the ball, the way they run their plays, the way they set their formations. And so for him to play that left defensive end, I think that's a lot of point-of-attack plays. And so I've always been super impressed with with Tank Lawrence. Uh, I challenge anybody to watch him. Uh, when you feel like the sack numbers, the pressure numbers aren't there because there's all those other little things that he's able to do. He can even kick down inside and play as a reduced end, play over as a defensive tackle yep. that on that outside shoulder, three technique, that kind of stuff. So the fact that he can mix it up in there, rush from the edge, you can move him around. He's a really – football intelligence is very, very high for him too. He's really good at anticipating the snap count at times. He'll make a play. He'll take a gamble. But when he gambles, he usually finds a way to win. I'm a big Tank Lawrence fan. I can understand why the scouts and all the uh, evaluators put him in the top 15, but I also know because of the health they didn't put him in the top 10. Yeah, and he's a guy, like you mentioned, the sack production hasn't been there. I know that's something specifically that the Cowboys coaches have been trying to identify. Like, okay, where's the sack production? Why isn't Tank getting there? Because he's a good football player, so so how can we improve those sack numbers? And I know one of the things they're really trying to work on with him is they think he needs to develop an inside move. So he's he's been big on the cross chop for a lot of these years, but he's not a player who wins with speed around the edge typically. So in order for him to get to the quarterback quicker, I know that's one thing that Dan Quinn and the defensive coaches have looked at is like, let's try and get you to – you know, start to the outside, have kind of like a hop step back in 
and, and see if we can develop a move there. So I'll be interested. That'll be one thing I'll be watching in Oxnard is to see if we're noticing any different sort of inside pass rush moves with Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, the linebackers were day two, and you don't have to get very long into this list before you see a cowboy, Brian. Uh, we got number one, Darius Leonard of the Indianapolis Colts. And then it's number two, Micah Parsons, Dallas Cowboys. He was ranked as high as one by a lot of people. His lowest ranking was 10. I, I'd love mm. to know who thinks he's the 10th best linebacker in the NFL. Uh, but at one AFC scout called Micah Parsons a one percenter. And I think that that's a great way to describe the type of talent that he is. No, outstanding, Bob. And, you know, and I'm interested to hear some of your thoughts about it. I know that, you know, here I am talking to the former scout guy, but you bring him up and all that. I'm interested. What what do you see with Micah Parsons that 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 maybe that our listeners would, you know, could get a, a clearer picture of what you've got? See, it's so funny to me that obviously Micah Parsons is an athletic freak. And I think that that's something that was the big discussion point around him when he was coming out was, look, he's got all these traits. But what kind of football instincts does he have? Um, you know, we, we didn't know what kind of a pass rusher he was going to be. But once it was clear he was going to have to pass rush, people were like, okay, well, is he just going to beat people with athleticism? But I think you've shown, like, he does as a pass rusher, like, he's got moves. And I don't know that he's always had those or he's just a quick learner. Um, and and you, when you hear people talk about it inside the building, it sounds like it's just he took to it really fast and was able to develop a lot of moves. Now, there, yeah, sure, there's sometimes... I think Washington last year was one game where you just see him and he rushes to the chest and he's so powerful and he can just bowl guys like Brandon Sheriff over. Uh, but I, I was really impressed with how quickly he picked up pass rushing and just the natural instincts. So many talented football players have had their careers killed because they don't have instincts on the defensive side of the ball. One that always sticks out to me that I know the Cowboys kicked themselves with was Charles Tapper. They felt like Tapper, if he would have just had instincts, he would have been a really good football player. He also couldn't stay mm-hmm. healthy. Uh, But that was some of the things that I was really impressed with about Mike Parsons is how quick a student he was and how natural his instincts were. He always had a good feel for where things were going. I think you absolutely nailed the player. I'll tell you another thing that I didn't feel like that he was great at, but there were some flashes where you were like, oh, he gets this. And that is some of the coverage skills. That is some of the things where, and, you know, he had to pass rush, which was absolutely a necessity for this defense. And he was very, very good at it. Where I felt like it, when you watched him play at Penn State, he was a really good downhill player, very physical. And I think that's where a lot of the moves and the disengages and things like that, that's what helps him in his pass rush. But I was surprised of how aware he was in coverage. And you know, there's some times where he might look a little bit uh, maybe not in the right place or, you know, seeing it the right way. But there were other times where, you know, you got a wheel route, switch route. He switches the coverage. He goes up the sidelines. He knocks the ball away. You know, those kinds of things. I I think that you, you, you talk about a guy that doesn't get a, enough credit for how well he can cover, too. So, we again, you talk about complete guys guys that can run downhill, guys that are physical tacklers. I think where he has to be a little careful at times is he can be a little too aggressive. Yeah. And you can take him out of his game where you send the lineman one way and then have the ball come back the other, and he could get maybe a step or two the wrong direction, but he could fight his way back. I think some people have taken advantage of some of his aggressiveness against him, but uh, he's becoming a more of a – a better player 
uh, of seeing those things. Early in the season where I felt like, man, oh, he's out of position because he bit on that that fake. And now it's a little bit more of a cleaner read for him, and he's not out of, out of that position as much as you thought he might for the for as young as he is. Yeah, and I, I think back, it's funny when you say that about uh, the over-pursuit and, and like, uh, you know, just being a little too over-aggressive. I think back to that viral clip from Hard Knocks last year where Leighton Vander Esch gave him kind of the veteran wisdom where he's like, yeah. I know you want to make every play, but you got to know which play is yours to make. And, right. and some people, I think, took that the wrong way to be like, oh, Leighton Vander Esch doesn't want to try and play. It's like, no, he, he was talking about your responsibilities on defense and, and making sure that you were See. staying disciplined. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, that's. I think that's some of the problems that Leighton Vanderesh had the last couple of years was, you know, dealing with Jalen Smith and Jalen Smith. You know, there was times where Leighton Vanderesh was not only having to do his job, but he was having to do Jalen Smith's job. Uh, it, you know, Sean Lee's the same kind of guy back in the day. Sean Lee was always having to do someone else's job. So I, I think that's where I think that's where Leighton Vanderesh was trying to give Parsons some advice. Yeah, and I think it was good advice. Uh, we got a lot to cover today. So, actually, I think we're just going to hit the cornerback, the last one on defense here. We'll do the offensive rankings uh, next show probably once we've got the complete list. I uh, talked too long. I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. We, I, I was glad we we touched on a lot of this, and I went a little long on some of this stuff too, but I'm, I'm glad we did because I think that's what people want to hear. Uh, last one here uh, before we transition topics, cornerbacks. And this one was was one that I think was going to be a little controversial for people and, and wondering where – Trayvon Diggs was going to potentially fall. So here's the top 10. Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore, Jair Alexander, Xavier Howard, J.C. Jackson, Denzel Ward, Patrick Sertan II, Marlon Humphrey, A.J. Terrell, then number 10, Trayvon Diggs. And in the write-up, it says Diggs was the toughest evaluation of the group. Uh, One NFC defensive coach said he's a boomer bust right now. I love his instincts, but if the cost is giving up a bunch of big plays, I don't love the interceptions. One AFC executive said, I actually think he'll get better because he can learn from all those chances he took. He's clearly got the ball skills. Brian, I know this is a big discussion that we have about the interceptions versus the chunk plays and everything like that. Uh, do you think 10 is fair for Trayvon Diggs? You, you named off really nine outstanding corners, and I think they've all got different skill sets. My hope is that Diggs, where some of these interceptions were because of freelance And because of him coming off a receiver or his responsibility in order to go make a play, I hope that he never loses that ability. Uh, I I hope that's something that stays with him throughout his career. I would like to see Dan Quinn try and eliminate, though, those plays where it appears that he loses separation and then he's not driving on the ball or getting in position. I think by playing him in more man coverage – and then allowing him to be uh, a guy that gets that reach in on a receiver, kind of stops the route to position himself. I I think that that's where he's going to be outstanding. It's when he plays off 
and then the ball comes in front of him, and he's not really interested. You know, Anthony Brown, say what you want about Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown will try and tackle the guy at the spot. Mm -hmm. Diggs, I'm not saying is a bad tackler. I just think there's times where he really doesn't want to tackle. You know, he's like – you get one of the safeties to come over, the linebackers or somebody's coming over, and he's kind of like hanging back, waiting instead of like driving and making the tackle. And it's a six-yard gain on a slant, but instead it ends up to be an eighteen-yard gain because they miss it. You know, he misses or he doesn't tackle, and then the ball's up the field. So I'd like to see Dan Quinn play him in more press situations, and then because I think that will help him, the closer he can put him to the receiver. The more passes he can knock down, the more interceptions I think he can get. But it also helps him when the, the ball is caught that maybe he can he can get in the position to be a better tackler. Yeah, and I mean, we talk about Dan Quinn there, and we obviously know uh, Joe Witt Jr., the passing right. game coordinator. But I think it's also important to remember the guy coaching the corners, which is Al Harris. And Al Harris was never afraid of the contact and wasn't ever afraid. Never afraid. Of, never of afraid. Yeah, and that's – I think – and I, let, I'm going to be honest with you too. Keep an eye on uh, Anthony Brown. And I know he's not on your list there. And I know that Pro Football Focus had him as one of the top corners because metrics seem to favor him. There's you look at you know quarterback ratings and percentage of balls played and things like that. I, I could see, and you know, we talked about this the other day. I could see Anthony Brown having four to six interceptions. I know people have been they've listened to podcasts from the other day. Was like broadest really four to six. I'm like yeah. Yeah, he had three last year. You know, I, I think he can put himself in position the way he plays to get four to six, four to six interceptions this season. I really like there's a couple of guys I'm really buying. I'm buying Anthony Brown and I'm buying Dorrance Armstrong. Those are the two guys I'm really buying this year on the Cowboy defense. You're listening to The Love of the Star. The Love of the Star, of course, is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.